there is a fundamental challenge of retention and and productivity that HR departments are trying to to solve for here and and, and get working parents back to work. And then with COVID, I think it showed that this has only exacerbated the problem and parents are now going to juggle work and working care. So I think a big, big problem there for employers, and they don't generally have a tangible way to support parents when it comes to childcare. On the parent side, they struggle with finding available spaces. It's as simple as that. Welcome to the HR L&D podcast with your host, Nick Day, CEO and founder of JGA Recruitment, specialist HR recruiters. Tuning into the HR L&D podcast will help you to discover strategic growth concepts, leadership development strategies, and the values and behaviors that drive organizational change and success. Together, let's empower our workforces, diversify our thinking and achieve significant HR success. Hello and welcome back to the HR L&D podcast. My name is Nick Day, CEO of JGA Recruitment, specialist HR recruiters. And today I'm delighted to welcome you all to Tom Broom, who's joining us on the HR L&D podcast today. He's the founder of Playcare, an innovative childcare marketplace that aims to bridge the gap between parents and childcare providers. Hot topic right now, particularly for those of you like me who find themselves working from home and trying to manage childcare at the same time. But this particular business, Playcare, is an innovative proposition. And that's why I'm really keen to bring Tom onto the show today, because it helps bring forward thinking employers, hopefully that's you listening to this podcast, to the fore to help support parents to discover, book and make huge savings on childcare. And we know childcare can be expensive. So welcome, Tom Broom, to the HR LD podcast. How are you feeling today? I'm good, Nick. It's a pleasure. Great to be here. I love the intro as well, pitching that. Childcare, a massive issue at the moment coming through COVID. So it's very timely and I'm glad we're having the conversation. Me too, me too. I think you're absolutely right. It certainly affected me directly. So I'm as interested in this as I'm sure many of the parents and of course employers that want to to help parents are out there listening to this as well. So listen, let's kick off. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Tom, how you got into the world of childcare and really how that relates to, from an HR perspective, employee benefits? So I've been building and implementing tech for about the the last 10 years. And I guess I've always been interested in in how tech can solve problems, whether it's for business or for society. And I started off in an environment where I was exposed to as many problems as possible in consulting. So I started off at Deloitte. And I guess that's probably another way of saying I didn't really know what I wanted to do. To, to start off with, and um, but it was good exposure and, uh, and it worked well. And after doing that for a few years, I skipped from London over to the States and started working in smaller companies and startups. So I got the entrepreneurial and startup bug, working for startups there, uh, running business development and customer success teams, and just much more of a rewarding experience working at companies focused on specific problems. And, um, and all the while, I was always looking for an opportunity to start my own thing. And knowing that I needed to be passionate about a particular problem, it, it turned out that that problem was in childcare when I became a parent. So I've got a, a two-year-old. And the problem that I found when I was a parent when looking for childcare is that, just like you said, extremely expensive, difficult to find and evaluate places. 
Um, so just a really tough experience as a parent. And then I found on the other side, on the, the childcare industry side, they were having a ton of problems as well, both marketing and then operating their business. So I knew that there was something there that needed to be solved. So I joined the board of a, an early years association called Pacey to, to get closer to a lot of those problems and kind of led me to what we're working on now, which is a, a solution that gives employers a way to help parents find the right childcare for them uh, easily, make massive savings and uh, you know, help improve that experience from an employee standpoint and then also help employers provide a meaningful solution to the, the working parents. So that's, that's pretty much what we do. Perfect. Well, we're obviously going to find out a lot more about Playcare during the course of this podcast. But something I'm quite keen to to tackle and to, to certainly to question from your side as the expert here is, you know, we're in, we're in the midst of COVID-19. It's clearly had a massive impact on parents. It's certainly had a massive impact on me and, and my family in a way that we're trying to juggle everything this end. How, from a more, I guess, um, scaled perspective, what's changed from your point of view in terms of how working parents are managing childcare and how they think about childcare? You know, as we, I say, as we start to come, we're still in the midst of it, but as we start to come out of COVID-19, how are we going to see, see that sort of um, perception of childcare and, and the way we're handling it change or differ? It, yeah, I think it is important to go back to what has changed, where we, you know, what the impact of COVID. So if you think about when we went back to COVID, at, at that time, we had care, you know, our, our kids were in our providers, whether it's a nursery or childminder. And then pretty much overnight with lockdown, it was like, bang, if you, if you had kids of any age, they were in with you, it was up to you, you were managing that care. Whether you had a six-month-old, three- or 10-year-old, it was pretty much your responsibility and you had some challenges doing that. So, so my, yeah, we were the same. My wife and I, we've got a two-year-old. We were doing shift works between work and then trying to, to manage care for our daughter. It, like if you're a parent with young kids, it was not a fun time. It, 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 we absolutely, it goes without saying, we all love our kids, but it was definitely a challenging thing. I think if we learned one thing, it was that, we don't really want them around when we're trying to work. I think we're at our best when we've got some separation, when we, we can be a great parent when we're with them and focused, and then we can be a great employee, business owner, when we're dedicated to our work. So I think it, you know, that was kind of one big thing that stood out that you know, we really need this. We need somewhere you know, and, and support to manage our kids. And then if, if, you know, in terms of the changes, of, of how parents are thinking about it. So when providers started to open up about June time and, and obviously September now in, in full, you know, parents started to get comfortable with putting the kids back into care. But what changed for parents, and this is through speaking to them and then through dozens of providers, have said that parents are trying to balance both their work life, their personal life, and then also care. And that's a challenge. And so what they've been doing, how they've been thinking about it is dividing up their care in a more flexible way. So that might mean going from originally four full days of putting their kid in a nursery now to, say, five half days and then having some wraparound care or getting some family care to fill the gaps. So what, so what parents are doing now is because they're working in a much more flexible way and employers are open to splitting up their day, 
they need that flexibility from providers. So that's completely shaken up how providers have to operate as a business because they have to have that flexibility, have availability for their customer, which need care in a certain way. So they've had to adjust their inventory and the way that they attract parents and get the care on board. That's been the big change that we've seen, the difference in parent behavior and providers have to adapt to that. Certainly been a challenge for me and, I, and I'm sure for a lot of the folks listening on the, on the podcast, uh, a challenge with how to manage all of that. Uh, you, you touched upon some of the things I've struggled with. One is that, that guilty complex that you should be doing more. Uh, because you, they're, they're around you and you're trying to work, but you feel like, oh, you know, this is the one time probably ever we've had a pandemic which has forced us to be with them more than we would usually be able to, which then makes you feel guilty as a parent. You're not yeah. doing more with them because sometimes you do have to shove them in the corner and get on with some arts and crafts while I take this call. You know, it's it's, it's challenging. But then also, yeah. I'm a big believer in that it's, it's, it's better to have quality time than quantity time. So, you know, that's, you kind of, I think as a parent, you always got this kind of, this, this battle in your mind about whether you're doing the right thing and that builds guilt and when you're feeling guilty it's hard to concentrate fully on work so I think you know it's 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 certainly a great feeling today first day back for me my child's back at school I think it's good for him I think it's good for me and you know it's it's hopefully it's it's good all around and we can look forward to the quality time now when I finish work and he finishes school and we can get back to I guess how it used to be but I, I get how what you're saying there about the flexibility for Childcare providers, I understand that you know that's going to have to shift for them. But are you seeing childcare providers shift in terms of flexibility, or are they still staying rigid? And I ask the question because not many people knowing this, listening to the podcast, will know. But I grew up in a nursery school, as in a, a, a fully functional running nursery school. My mother was a, a head teacher and proprietor of her own nursery school, and I lived inside it. I came home from school, and there were classrooms in my house. You know, that's I, I'm I'm very used to an institutionalized you know, standard hours, mm. childcare arrangement in terms of what I grew up in. Are you seeing nursery schools change? Are you seeing childcare providers change? Are you seeing that flexibility come into the marketplace or is it still a relatively slow shift? It's a relatively slow shift in terms of how they can actually execute. The acknowledgement that they need to change their operating model is there. But what providers are saying is that, hey, look, I'm managing my inventory, my occupancy on a spreadsheet or you know, I'm managing it, some say on a whiteboard, the availability that I've got. And so when you've got parents who are wanting all of this flexibility in, in different half days, you, you can't dynamically adapt as a business if, if, you know, if, if the model's completely changed. So I think what, you know, what providers are saying is that, hey, I'm, I know I need to change. I've got the desire because I want to serve my parents, my customers but I haven't got the solutions or the, the automation to do it. They're, they're the first to say, look, our industry is, is not, um, it, you know, is not full, fully, uh, fully abreast of, of technology and, and have the systems to do the job. It's quite an old-fashioned industry, and they'd be the first to say that. But to a large extent, they've got by. I, I think with this level of, flexibility that parents need that is um, going to change. It, it, it needs to change for, for these businesses to survive. I think you know, there's big surveys that have come out and said that um, you know about 40% of, of nurseries are worried sure. for their viability as a business uh, over, over the next year. So I think there, there needs to be uh, solutions to, to these kinds of problems. And at the moment, they're, they're finding that 
it's slow to actually execute and change. But you know, that's what we got to do to try and help these guys. So, to, to tell us a little bit about Playcare, then, Tom. Tell us a little bit about the, the, the problems that, that your solution is looking to to solve, um, and a little bit of, uh, as well about how that could relate to the human resources elements. So, we've got a lot of HR mm-hmm. directors, a lot of HR managers listening to this. Obviously, a lot of these people are either going to be looking to support their, their parental workforce, or they may be parents themselves, and they may be looking at you know their employee engagement plans or some of their well-being packages and things like that. What's your solution, and how does that link to an HR context? Sure. So we're we're trying to solve a problem for three groups. So employers, parents, and then the providers. So let's, let's start with the employers um, in particular. So the biggest, the macro challenge that we're seeing the companies face today is how to support working parents. We know that there's a lot of companies who have the have the knowledge and want to support and want to provide solutions, but the current data says that there's still a lot of work to do. So when I started to look into this, some of the facts that that really struck me were the fact that 43% of women don't return back to work after childbirth. 43%. It's an enormous amount. And and 75% of them say it's because of a lack of childcare. And the other one is 81% of parents say that they need childcare to work, but 51% don't have access. So there is a fundamental challenge of retention and and productivity that HR departments are trying to to solve for here and and, and get working parents back to work. And then with COVID, I think it showed that this has only exacerbated the problem and parents are now going to juggle work and working care. So I think a big, big problem there for employers, and they don't generally have a tangible way to support parents when it comes to childcare. On the parent side, they struggle with finding available spaces. It's as simple as that. You can be on a waiting list for up to a year. I'm sure a lot of people have experienced this. I have as well. And it's just difficult to find out when spaces are available, but then also to go and book them. That's the parents. And then on the provider side, they what was really surprising is it's 75%. There's only 75% occupancy levels across these providers nationally. So there is a seismic disconnect. When you've got parents who are waiting up to a year, there's availability in the market, but it's just not, uh, it's just not surfacing. So that's where um, I thought, you know, what if there was a product to, to bridge the gap of those pretty frightening statistics? And so that's what we are looking to set out and build. Um, so really what it is, uh, Nick, is an online marketplace to help parents find spaces quicker and faster, make sure that they redeem benefits that are available to them and build the occupancy and inventory of providers. And we do all of that through a marketplace uh, that's accessed via employers. So employers offer this as an employee benefit and being able for, for working parents to access, find the care, and then redeem the benefits and make payments right through to their providers. So I, I guess you could think of it as somewhere between um, you know, open table or Bupa for childcare. It's kind of giving that seamless access to, to those providers. So I, I definitely want to find out a little bit more about how how you've been partnering with employers. And I'm going to park that question just for a moment. But something that, was, that, that that came through from your your answer just then is you said there's a big disconnect. Yet you've got in your earlier answer, you said that there's a lot of childcare providers that that don't know 
the viability of their business what it looks like 12 months from now. So that, that would suggest that they, as you said, they're only 75% occupancy. They obviously need more numbers. And yet you've got other parents on a year's waiting list. So, so where is this disconnect coming from? Is it coming from poor marketing from the childcare providers? People don't know they're there. Or is it that parents are making informed choices based on, I don't know, Ofsted reports or the equivalent? And they're saying, well, I don't want to send my child to this particular place and I want to send them here. And it's there's a competition of sorts. And that's why you've got waiting lists in some places and not elsewhere. Or what's mm-hmm. I'm just thinking out loud, but where's this disconnect coming from? If you've got places available, but parents are stuck on waiting lists, why is that occurring? So a small component of that will be things like seasonality. So kids going back to school in September, they'll naturally leave the nurseries that they were at. So that's a one small factor. The big factor is that the nurseries and childminders, whilst they may have some availability, it's very difficult for them to actually surface that out of their out of their systems and their spreadsheets to make available to parents in real time and when they want it. There may be a space that's available for three days a week um, for someone starting from December, but because they just don't have the visibility internally of of you know how to predict that or to know to basically match up what they've got with a specific requirement that a parent's got. It's all done kind of on gut feel and asking through parents questions about what they want. And there's nothing that kind of does a, you know, an automated magic, magic matchup between the different parties. So there's, there's really just a, a technological solution of, of matching these things up to solve, to solve the problem. I think the other thing as well when I was speaking to parents and, and frankly providers is that the the waiting list is kind of a farce. So they have said that, you know, they go on a waiting list and they'll be told, yeah, it could be six months. And then once, once someone goes on a waiting list, typically they still start looking, still look for other places. They might find another place, but then all the while they're still sitting on that waiting list for the other place. So you've got you've got this waiting list which isn't representative of who actually still wants a place, and therefore there's no transparency on the provider or the parent side of, of kind of where they are in the whole process. So there's there's a lot of uh, you know general kind of process clunkiness in uh, you know in in all of that. That makes that makes total sense to me. I can totally see why that's that's causing a, a blockage in the funnels, if you like, of, of, of finding places. So, with Playcare, and I haven't seen the solution firsthand. Is, is in, in, as well as partnering with providers? Is it a, a? It sounds like the industry is is ripe for automation. It sounds like it needs some technological, I guess, implementation to improve this this placing process. Is that something that your platform is going to do and going to support both the providers and employers with? Yeah, absolutely. So, so what, what we do is we connect in with both providers and employers. So we provide this you know, as a marketplace that working parents can access as, you know, just, just taking their very basic details in, you know, management information, employee details, getting a log into the platform, and then free to then search through all of the thousands of, of different providers in their area and, and then connect directly with those providers. And then on the, the provider end, they've they've got a way to manage that workflow, manage the inquiries that they get from parents, and then be able to take their details and then match them up with the inventory that they've got. So we're we, yeah, connect, connecting both in that way. 
so that sounds great. So I've got a, a child. I've got two mornings a week I need covered. I can go onto the platform through my employer. I can search for, I don't know, Wednesday and Thursday morning if that's what I've got that I need cover for. The providers will give the, the have options there will pop up and I can make my inquiries. The providers will then know what I need and you can kind of respond. It sounds great. So what's the experience been then for partnering with an employers on the employer side what's the uptake been have employers been in- interested excited are they taking parenting responsibilities as seriously as they should i don't know maybe, maybe they have maybe they haven't but i'd be great great to know how that partnering experience is going for you yeah yeah it, it, to be honest getting interest and in, in sign-offs from employers hasn't been a huge challenge um to date which is obviously a positive signal that you know there's a there's a bunch of modern employers who want a way to help they just didn't have the means previously. And I think, you know, COVID has definitely accelerated and put this top of mind. I was speaking with a friend the other day who's a non-exec board member of two insurance companies in London. And he said, when it came to employee engagement, the engagement and motivation of working parents was the number one topic amongst the leadership team. So we know this is stressful. How how can we engage our employees? And what solutions can we offer you know, to help them along this journey and, and get out to, to do what they do best? So that you know, kind of one you know, nice bit of more validation. And then for for other, I've had some candid conversations with some HR leaders as well. And one one of them talked about you know openly admitting that look, whilst we talk a good game for gender equality and and getting parents working parents back to work, they don't nearly do enough. So they know that they need to offer solutions, but they just need a way that can efficiently help their working parents and be seen as an employer that's super supportive. So I think there's, it's realized that uh, amongst employers that it's a very emotional topic for all people involved. And it just makes good business sense uh, to, to tackle the problem. And that's why I've seen employers really engaging and, well, say, leaning in, as, um, as Cheryl Sandberg would say. So I yeah in general good interest levels and I think it's showing that employers really care about this stuff. Have you ever asked yourself how can any recruiter understand my HR recruitment challenges? Please don't give up on your hiring challenges just yet. Here at JGA HR Recruitment we appreciate the difficulties associated with attracting, recruiting and retaining top human resources talent. We also understand just how costly a poor hire can be. JGA HR Recruitment would like to partner with you to help you overcome your hiring challenges. Contact us today on 01727 800 377 or visit jgarecruitment.com to find out more. So if, if we get to the nitty gritty, then I'm an employer, I'm listening to this uh, HRND podcast, I'm thinking, you know what, this is something that'd be great for us. We've got a number of, of people on maternity who would love to return to work. You know, we don't want to lose that that knowledge, that skill, that expertise from our business. And we're worried we might lose them if they can't get that childcare in place. So that's a concern for our business. We've highlighted it. This sounds like a great solution to make sure we can find mm-hmm. that childcare provision or help the parents find the childcare provision that they need. How complex is it to implement? Does it run through as a benefit in kind through the payroll? You know, how does Playcare look to help the setup process? How does it work? So relatively straightforward implementation. So we offer it as a, as a standalone application that has a couple of options. It can either integrate with, with payroll if the employer chooses to, to offer some 
benefits, and I'll, I'll cover a couple of those. Or it can just be as a standalone application that is that is offered through the you know, company's typical intranet processes um, or general benefits platforms. When it comes to the implementation of the integrating with employers, so there's a couple of ways that the childcare benefits are offered from employers today that we will look to support them distributing those benefits. So one is through childcare vouchers. So a lot of employers, maybe some that you know some some folks on the phone offer this. So that's like a salary sacrifice scheme where those childcare vouchers are given to employees pre-tax. So that would work as, you know, usually an employee gets paid £1,000 and nets 700 after NI and tax. Basically, with childcare vouchers, you the same £1,000 would go directly to the childcare vouchers, so they're making a, you know, a 300 quid better off. So the childcare vouchers there, we're looking to integrate that into the platform so that when a parent finds the provider that they want to engage with, they can leverage those vouchers directly and then pay with those vouchers. So that's one. The general challenge with childcare vouchers is that it's going away as a, as a benefit from the government. So for, for any new applicants, it won't be available. But any people that are currently using childcare vouchers, that's what we're looking to, to support, provide. The other component of childcare benefits is tax-free childcare. So there's a couple of options here for, for employers. So one is you can choose to pay into an employee's childcare, tax-free childcare account on behalf of the employee. So that would just be directly via payroll, your payroll system. It wouldn't be a contributing to the benefit. It would just be an executional. You pay via the payroll system into the parent's account. The Second, for tax-free childcare, would be if they want to make additional payments into that childcare account, they can do that also. So um, it, it's basically like a net benefit to uh, to the employee. So there's two two ways there, um, and we're looking to support the setup of both, so that employers can either just provide the the platform as a general benefit, or they can say, "Well, I want to contribute." An additional component to that, which would go straight into that that parent's childcare account. So there's a couple of ways to to do that and to integrate. And generally, we're trying to solve for the fact that for parents, especially with tax-free childcare, in redeeming that today, it's a ridiculously complicated process. And only eight percent of people in this country actually use it. I was going to ask this question. I didn't know if I was even aware of it. I mean, are parents aware they've got a a, a tax-free allowance for childcare? Is, is this widely publicised? Yeah. Um, it's certainly not something I think as a child, you know, I've got my children that I think yeah. I've ever taken advantage of. I'm not sure I knew it existed. Can, can you tell us more about that? Yeah. I, well, I, I think this has been the problem. So there's well, there seems to be a couple of problems in that. So it was a government scheme that came in in 2018, to, you know, at the end of 2018. And... The feedback in general was that it wasn't particularly well marketed, so parents didn't know about it. And then once parents tried to use it through the government website, it was really clunky to, to go through the process and then also to maintain your eligibility on an ongoing basis. So you know, in the UK, there's 2 million parents that are eligible for it, and only 8% are actually using it. And so you can, yeah, you can save up to, there's certain eligibility criteria, but you can get up to two grand a year by, by using this, uh, yeah, the scheme. So 
considering it, it replaced the childcare vouchers, it is a travesty that is being so underutilized when it was supposed to encourage universal childcare access and be a more fair system. But unfortunately, just from an executional standpoint, you know, it hasn't really taken off. So yeah, it, it could well be available. You should, yeah, check it out. See, yeah, see if you can make some savings. Sounds like a great reason to bring on the Playcare platform because if I'm an employer and I can say to my my start, you know, my eligible parents that look, we're introducing Playcare to our to our wellbeing program, to our employee benefits package, whatever way you want to term it, and through this, you potentially are going to be able to save up to two thousand pounds, providing you're eligible towards your your childcare costs per annum. I mean, that's significant. And especially if only 8% of people are doing it at the minute, that the chances are, statistically, that whoever hears about that benefit probably isn't utilising it at the minute. So that's a, kind of an instant win for you, an instant win for the employer, and an instant win for the employee. And it's something that I didn't know about until we just started talking about now. So I think it's... Um, I'm really delighted that you raised it because I think it's... If there are a lot of other people that could be eligible, that could be saving on what are quite extortionate childcare costs these days to, to, to have someone in full-time childcare, then um, I think that's a, a fantastic benefit to have. And I'm really glad that it's been raised on, on this podcast. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think the more ways that can be raised to, to parents is the, the better. I, th- I think we, we all agree that the big goal here is to try and enable universal childcare for as many people as possible. And it, it, it takes a whole system. You know, it's not just we're looking to provide a solution through employers, but it's the whole ecosystem includes the government, includes working parents, having a massive voice. So we're definitely at a stage where the whole system needs a, a kind of overhaul. And we all, yeah, we all need to work together to, to make sure that everyone can access the benefits and therefore access child, as much childcare as possible. It does feel like the industry as a whole is under an awful lot of pressure at the minute. And I don't just mean the childcare providers. Obviously, you said, you know, a lot of them are struggling to whether or not they're going to have viability a year down the line, which you mentioned earlier in the podcast. But also parents are under huge pressure. COVID is obviously hitting a lot of people financially as well, where there's you know, that financial uncertainty about whether, you know, if, particularly if you're on furlough at the moment or you've just come off furlough about, you know, businesses struggling, all sorts of things going on. We're in, we're in a recession. So with all this pressure going on, what is it that gives you hope going forward that, that actually parents aren't going to be caught up in this so much that they can't afford childcare, that it affects jobs, it affects all these different things that, that all the different moving parts that play into being a parent. You know, what are, what are the things that, because clearly you're enthusiastic about this, clearly you see a bright future for parents providing it's integrated correctly through wellbeing or whatever it might be. What is it that's giving you that hope at the moment? I, I think what the pandemic has done is you know, it's made childcare in particular much more visible to the government, to employers, as such an essential and part of the the infrastructure, uh, you know, of productivity uh, and education and employment infrastructure. And so if there's if there's one if there's one thing, there's one positive here, it's that there is visibility on it and realization that it's so crucial. Because the businesses out there, if we allow them to fail these providers, that's going to be a massive problem because it's a whole system. It's a whole connected system where employees then don't have a place for their kids to go, so they can't focus and be productive at work. So I think what, you know, in general, what uh, gives me hope is that there's been a recognition that childcare is absolutely fundamental to whole society and that employers are starting to, to really take a renewed sense of responsibility 
I feel like, to, to really help their parents get through this crisis. But also beyond that, how they can help and, and treat their employees with regards to childcare on an ongoing basis. So they've really taken that, that ownership and understand that not only does it help their working parents reduce stress and improve their well-being, but it just makes good business sense at the same time to make sure that their parents are back to work and, and firing on all guns blazing. So I think, you know, it's, it's that it's that responsibility from employers. It's the visibility on the sector in general as being super important. And then an emotional level, you know, when speaking to providers, just the level of resilience and grit and fight to get back on their feet that I see in speaking to, to all of these important institutions has been so encouraging that I think if there's the right support from an employer government perspective then these providers have the you know the quality standards and the people in the industry to deliver so i i think that that's what gives me hope is that there's so many people that are passionate in this sector and want it to improve and and it will it will improve just as you know we've got an ecosystem it all works together and we're going to realize that we can get there we can deliver universal child care to, to all parents and we just need the right solutions to get us there. Great. It's really great to hear that positivity. And as you know, you know, I wanted you to come onto the show today, Tom, because when I discovered Playcare, I thought, you know what, this is a really innovative proposition for, for a group of, of our society, of parents and employers that's often overlooked. You know, we're so focused on other areas of engagement, other areas that affect retention and, 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 and attraction that actually we often overlook something that's right in front of our faces, which is most of us as business owners, HR directors, employers, whatever, will be employing a huge number of our employees, will be parents that are struggling with different uh, childcare arrangements. And I thought, you know what? This is ripe at the minute. COVID's brought us right to the surface. And it sounds to me like the proposition you provide, and you've mentioned some things I didn't even know about before inviting you to the show, like that tax-free allowance, that can really open up people's eyes to where, you know, to making that that task that little bit easier, whether it's finding places, or whether it's saving vital pennies at the moment. I'm really glad that you've been able to bring this to the fore to help people think about it in a different way and from a more commercial way as well, because it, it is, as you say, a great way to help retain brilliant staff who often don't come back because they feel like they can't afford the childcare or for other reasons so really glad you brought brought it to the show today Tom can you tell us a little bit more about you know if there is an employer listening to this or even if there's a parent listening to this who wants to bring it to their employer what what can they do to get in touch with you what's the process going forward if they want to introduce playcare to their business yes you can you can reach us on playcare.co or you can email me directly at tom at playcare.co and the process from, from there is, is looking to understand your needs, initiatives, and where we'd fit in, into that overall employee benefit and well-being program. And we yeah, understand that it's a, it's a big topic for a lot of employers at the moment and a very acute problem as well. So in the initial stages, we always want to understand what, what problem we're trying to solve and we'll, we'll get into the solution and see where we can help. Great. Fantastic. And I'll obviously make sure those links and the email address are in the episode notes. So if you're listening to this and you didn't quite write it down, just go to the episode notes of this episode and I'll make sure the link is there uh, for you to click straight through to the website or to the email address. So you can contact Tom 
directly as well. Well, listen, thank you ever so much, Tom Green, for joining me today on the HRLND podcast. Of course, if you are a human resources professional listening to this podcast and you've got an HR, HRIS, LND, or similar related vacancy that you need some specialist human resources recruitment support with, please get in touch with me. I'd love to help. Uh, my email is nick at jgarecruitment.com or you can give me a call on 01727 800 377. And again, those links to my details will also be in the episode notes. So listen, thanks again for listening. Everyone, I look forward to bringing you the next episode of the HR LD podcast real soon. Thanks again to my guest, Tom Broom, and I look forward to uh, speaking to you all again in a couple of weeks. Thank you, Tom. All right. Thanks, Nick. Pleasure. Thank you so much for tuning into the HR LD podcast with your host, Nick Day, CEO of JGA Recruitment Specialist HR Recruiters. If you need any help with the current HR or LD vacancy, then please get in touch with Nick and his team. All contact details can be found in the episode notes. In the meantime, to make sure you never miss a future episode, please subscribe to the show through any of your favourite podcast channels. Till next time.